Greetings, everyone, and welcome to 15 Minutes for Faith. Bible study is designed to increase our faith in Jehovah is the only true living God, the Bible, the only inspired word of God, and Jesus, the only divine Son of God and Savior of the world. We begin our study in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he, Jesus, said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? And then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. He then told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. He began reasoning to himself, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? And then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man, Jesus said, who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus had been teaching important truths about his kingdom when his message was rudely interrupted. Someone in the crowd asked Jesus to solve a family dispute concerning their inheritance. Jesus, of course, knowing their hearts, and knowing the real problem went much deeper than the mere dividing of property. Got right to the heart of the matter. Greed, covetousness. As long as these family members were greedy, no settlement would have been satisfactory. Their greatest need was not a property change, but a heart change. Like so many people today, they wanted Jesus to serve them, not save them. And so Jesus used the occasion to teach a masterful lesson on the subject of greed. Greed may be defined as an unquenchable thirst for getting more and more of something we think we need in order to truly be satisfied. It may be a thirst for money or the things money can buy or even a thirst for position and power. Someone has defined covetousness as excessiveness, the excessive pursuit of material material or fleshly gains at the expense of spiritual priorities. Such a pursuit will eventually lead to a direct disobedience of God and the abandonment of things that really matter, and that is heavenly things, spiritual things. In the passage, Jesus made it clear that life does not consist of even an abundance of possessions. And in saying this, Jesus is not denying that man has basic needs, such as food and clothing and shelter. Jesus was, however, affirming here in Luke chapter 12 that possessions are of no value in the saving of the soul, unless, of course, we're willing to give them up to serve the needs of others. In fact, a wrongful attitude toward our possessions can cause us to lose our soul. And if we're not very careful, our possessions can end up possessing us. In the parable, Jesus tells a story of a rich man who lost all perspective of both his purpose in life and the material things around him. He was a man who for years had been making a lot of money, 
One year, he had a bumper crop, and he didn't know what to do with all his grain. He decided he would solve the problem by tearing down his already spacious barns and building larger ones. And then he thought no problem would be able to touch him. For years, he could enjoy himself, eat, drink, and be merry. But in his voracious pursuit of material things, this man forgot the most important things of all. Let's see in this study if we can profit from the things this man forgot. One of the most important things this man was forgot was his fellow man. He forgot other people. The first thing that leaps out from the story is that the man thought of no one but himself. Six times the pronoun I is used. Five times my. We read sadly, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and there I will store all my grain and my goods. We get the distinct impression that other people just never entered the man's mind. Not once did he even remember those who labored for him in seed time and harvest. What about his own workers? Surely they had additional needs. Now, as he was saying to himself, what can I do? For I have no place to put my crops. Perhaps there was a neighbor across his field saying, what will I do? I don't even have bread for my family. If the rich man did not have enough barns, there were other places where he could have put his grain. As one man put it, you have your barns, the bosoms of the needy, the houses of the widows, the mouths of orphans and infants. But the rich man did not think of these barns, for in his little world there was room for no one but himself. Concerning goods or the goods we may have, Jesus teaches it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts twenty thirty five. Through the Apostle Paul, the Lord instructs us to be generous, always ready to share with those who have need, and thus laying up for ourselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future. First Timothy six, verse eighteen and nineteen. A second thing the rich farmer in Luke twelve forgot is the important truth a man is more than what he owns. Jesus said, even when a man has an abundance, his life does not consist of his possessions. The rich man conceived of his life only in terms of physical things. It's here he made his tragic mistake. He did not distinguish between what a man has and what a man is. Many of us who've had the benefit of Bible training still can't count a man fortunate if he enjoys a long run of prosperity. We might even say that person was successful. But the Bible also plainly warns, be on guard against every form of greed, Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus also taught that while a man that that will that uh, this in, in Luke sixteen twenty six, what will a man profit if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? No matter how much you have, it's not what life is all about. Things are necessary for living, but they don't make a life. This man was very successful, but he was a successful fool because he forgot the purpose of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. This man in Luke 12 was a fool because he forgot the source of real happiness. Since the rich man had a false concept of life, he also had a false concept of happiness. He thought that he could be happy by eating and drinking and indulging himself. There was another man in the Old Testament, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes, and he seeks to help us avoid this great error. In chapter 2, he tells us, I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. 
I made myself gardens and parks and planted all kinds of trees. I had made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of kings and provinces. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I, I kept my heart from no pleasure. Ecclesiastes 2, 3 through 10. But after he had done all these things and had evaluated their worth, his conclusion is, all is vanity and striving after wind. He came to realize, like countless others long before and after, that happiness is not to be found in things. Money can buy a great deal, but it cannot buy the things that are most valuable. Hope, forgiveness of sins, fellowship with God, a loving spouse, a godly family, a home in heaven. These are true riches without which no man can really be happy. This man forgot God. The greatest blunder of the rich man was that he did not take God into account. There was nothing wrong with his decision to tear down his barns and build larger ones. A good farmer must have foresight and plan ahead. But his fatal mistake was that in all his well-laid plans, not one thought had been given to God. A common downfall of many people is as James reveals in chapter 4. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a city and spend a year there, engage in business and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what your life will be tomorrow. For you're just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanisheth away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we shall do this or that. Whatever our long-range plans may be, let's remember that the biggest factor of all is God. If we leave Him out of our plans, then our life has been in vanity. Fifth, the man forgot death. The rich man thought that he was going to live a long time. He made his plans for many years, and yet he only had one day left. He was ready to live it up, but it was time to die. If we're not very careful, we too may deceive ourselves into thinking we have plenty of time. We'll put off tomorrow the things that we need to be doing today, such as saving our soul or the souls of others. As someone put it, the devil no longer says to man, you'll not die. Rather, he'll say, you'll not die so soon. You have plenty of time. But James reminds us, you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. At the height of his prosperity and self-satisfaction, this man died. How much wealth did he leave behind? He left it all. Many in our society would consider the man in Luke 12 to be a success, but God calls him a fool. He was a fool because he spent all of his life striving for the things he had to leave behind and neglecting the true values that he could have taken with him. He had a good title on earth, but no permanent lease and no title in heaven. And one night his soul slipped out from, from his life. All his wealth and ease and self-indulgence was left behind. Jesus said, so is the man who treasures up for himself things on this earth, but is not rich toward God. Jim Elliott was a missionary in South America. He was killed while laboring to convert the very people he was trying to save. Before his death, he had written in a journal, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. Friend, where do your priorities lie? What is the most important thing to you? 
And so as we close our lesson today, we we want to urge you to read this teaching of Jesus in Luke Luke chapter 12. And we thank you for listening to this program, 15 Minutes for Faith. Hopefully you've been benefited by the message and uh, this 15 minutes of uh, faith can become faith for life. We invite you to listen to other Bible messages and please tell your friends and your family members about us. We also welcome you to our services at 5051 Ponderosa in Columbia, Missouri. We meet each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, and Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Bible classes for, for all ages. Everyone, of course, is welcome.